0: This is Father Bryce Evans, a priest of the Archdiocese of St. Paul in Minneapolis, with the Deep Down Things podcast, offering a brief reflection on the conversation with Adam Glover on the poetry of Father Jose Miguel Abanez Langlais. Poetry, according to one definition, is untranslatable language. Unlike prose, which can always be reduced to some abstract content that is easily set into another linguistic form. Poetry defies this simple reduction in that it lives through a unity of form and content. Rather than simply telling us about an idea that floats disconnectively above its text, poetry shows us the truth it wishes to convey through the very shape of its language, through the way in which it employs the rhythms and accents and images and vowels and consonants of its tongue. I think especially here of Gerard Manley Hopkins, who shows his mastery as a poet, through the strict inseparability of his form and content. Whatever it is he is talking about is always pictured for us and clarified by the very rhythm of his words. In the line, as tumbled over in roundy wells stones ring, for instance, the very flow and punctuation of the words convey for us a sense of the tumbling and the striking of the stones against the well. Form and content are deeply intertwined. The medium is very much the message. And this is how poetry is able to show more than it tells. It's why it's, strictly speaking, untranslatable. The only way to translate it is through a new act of poetry in the new language. All of this is theological for the Christian. Because while it is true that God does tell us about himself in his revelation, and that therefore it is an essential aspect of faith that it entails explicit belief in certain definite conceptual contents, it is also true that the culmination of this revelation is far more a matter of showing than of telling, and here too form and content are deeply intertwined. In the incarnation of his word, God shows us who he is in a way that far transcends the limits of words in their discrete conceptual contents, which is perhaps why the arc of that final revelation ends in the silence of the cross. And resurrection. Nor are the contents of this showing separable from its medium in the humanity of Christ. It is through the very details of his life that the communication is accomplished, and this is why the message of Jesus can never be isolated or translated away or distilled from his person. We see the same dynamic on display in the sacraments of the church, and as was noted in the conversation with Adam, especially in the Eucharist. Here, once again, form and content, medium and message, sign and that which is signified, form a strict unity which we will never be able to fully disentangle. In his communication to us, therefore, God shows himself to be a master poet. This carries implications for theology, of course, which must attend to the unique contribution of poetry if it is to be faithful and true to its mission of transmitting and clarifying and expounding upon revelation in a way that leads more people into prayer and worship. It is not just poetry that should listen to theology, therefore, but also theology that should listen to poetry, even to the point of allowing poetry to shape and influence its own expression to a certain extent. For if God's revelation is poetic in its very form, then poetry has a unique insight proper to itself into the heart of revelation, one which theology must respect if it is to be faithful to its source. There is also an implication here for the life of faith and of belief. Certainly, faith comes from what is heard, and so necessarily entails and begins in believing many truths about God which are told us by the Church, who bears revelation in history. But if that revelation culminates in the theopoetic showing of Jesus, then faith, if it is to come to rest, must find its ultimate center and ground in coming to know Jesus in the heart of the Church and in the sacraments. This is why Pope Benedict XVI and Pope Francis after him have spoken tirelessly of the encounter with Jesus as the heart of faith. Only in coming to know him do we come to receive the full manifestation of God that gives light and subsistence to the rest of the contents of the faith. Only in being shown do we discover the central pole around which the things we are told come together and fall into place. The contents of faith, therefore, find their form, their home, in the medium of Jesus. We must know him if our faith is to come to life. Finally, we might speak of implications for poetry itself. If God's revelation is poetic in a way that superabundantly fulfills all poetry on a higher plane, then perhaps poetry learns here something of its own dignity and purpose, the quasi-priestly role that the human word has to play in extending that mystery of transubstantiation to the whole of the world and of the cosmos until God becomes all in all and the word of the cross is revealed to be the one action that embraces all of reality and history. In this, we all owe a debt of gratitude to poets, which we can perhaps best repay by reading them and allowing them to lift us to prayer. This has been Father Bryce Evans with the Deep Down Things podcast. I look forward to being with you again in future reflections, which you can find at patreon.com deepdownthings. God bless.